Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily, number 16. It is Wednesday, December 4th, 2019. I am your host, Scott Gumbar, and this is the Windows 7 Wednesday episode. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. All right, so let's get into it on this wacky Wednesday of sorts. Not really that crazy today, but let's talk. Windows 7 End of Life is coming. It is scheduled for January of 2020, so just over a month away. And Microsoft is offering extended support plans, but it might just be cheaper to upgrade to Windows 10 at this point. It is estimated that almost 25% of all computers are still running Windows 7, but most of those are probably home users. So if you're on Windows 7, best chance, best plan is to upgrade to Windows 10 in my opinion and a lot of experts opinion if you're if you're a home user you're probably not going to opt for the extended support plan so you'll be running an unpatched version of Windows 7 in just a couple of months Windows 7 is highly targeted by ransomware attacks so keep that in mind um not sure if it's official but there is still the ability to upgrade to Windows 10 for free so we have a lot of healthcare news today. Um, we have on bleeping, I'm sorry, on HIPAA Journal. This is the November, looks like the November roundup for um, healthcare breaches and so forth. Phishing attacks announced by Comprehensive Sleep Care Center, McLaren Health Plan, and IV Rehab Physical Therapy. So Loudoun Medical Group, DBA, Comprehensive Sleep Care Center, has been affected by a phishing attack that occurred on or around June 19th, so six, six months, five months ago, uh, six months ago. So some time to report it, but the IT department was alerted to a potential email security breach when suspicious activity was detected in an employee's email account. The password was immediately changed to prevent further unauthorized access, and the incident was investigated. Forensic investigators confirmed the breach was confined to a single email account that was accessed by an unauthorized individual between June 15th and June 19th. On October 17th, the investigators confirmed which patient information has been accessed. The information in the email account varied for each patient and may have included the patient's name along with one or more of the following data elements. Date of birth, social security, passport, driver's license, medical record number, payment card information, patient account number, financial account information, medical history. So this is PHI, health insurance information, treatment information, and or dates of service. Uh, So no no indication of how many people were impacted. Looks like not a lot. However, this is probably going to raise the radar for the HHS uh, team to look into this and you know, potentially now there will be, well, probably there will be an investigation. And if more is uncovered, could cost them even more. McLaren Health Plan affected by phishing attack on business associates. So here we go with a business associate again, not doing what they're supposed to be doing. McLaren Health Plan in Flint, Michigan has discovered the protected health information of some of its members may have been accessed by unauthorized individuals as a result of a phishing attack on one of its business associates. Magellan RX Management Magellan RX Management provided services to the health plan up until December 31st, 2018. Magellan Health announced on November 27, 2019 
that its subsidiary, subsidiary Magellan Arcs Management, experienced a phishing attack on May 28, 2019. So here we go again. So that's uh, what is that? six months to report. Um, once again, m way past the 60 days, Magellan Arcs discovered the attack on July 5th, 2019. And so even if we go by that date, that's still more than 60 days, and launched a thorough investigation to determine the extent of the breach. The investigation confirmed the breach was limited to a single email account and that the email account contained the protected health information of certain McLaren health plan members, such as names, birth dates, health plan member, ID numbers, health plan name, provider diagnosis, provider and diagnosis, sorry, drug, and authorization information. So again, PHI, again, was... Um, included in this breach and again we're storing information in email and then finally email security breach at ivy rehab physical therapy ivy rehab physical therapy a network of 200 physical therapy clinics has experienced a phishing attack in which the protected health information of patients was potentially compromised so once again here we are storing stuff in so three different cases in, in all reported within the last month or so all storing phi in email company discovered the attack in May 2019 and launched an investigation on September 26. So it took them, oh, I'm sorry, they launched an invest investigation in May and on uh, September 26, third-party forensic investigators determined that the protected health information of certain patients was stored in a compromised account and may have been accessed by the attackers. No reports of misuse of patient information have been received and no actual evidence of unauthorized data access was identified. The information potentially accessed included names along with one or more of the following data elements, health information, social security numbers, financial information. Affected individuals have been offered complimentary identity theft restoration and credit monitoring service. At this point, can you really say that's complimentary? I don't know. This is carelessness of a lot of healthcare providers getting stuck storing protected health information in email. This is three in within a, about a month's period. All right, FTC warns of ongoing scam spreading scary terrorism allegations on bleepingcomputer.com. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission warned consumers today of an active scam campaign targeting potential victims with letters designed to scare them with fake money laundering and terrorism al allegations. Did you recently get an official FTC letter from me? That's in quotes because it's it wasn't actually from me, and the letter wasn't official or even from the FTC at all. FTC Consumer Response and Operations Associate Director Monica Vaca said, In fact, scammers have been faking official-looking letterhead to write scary messages to people threatening them, but again, it's not real. So it kind of falls in line with the fake IRS and fake Social Security Administration phone calls, and we reported uh, another government office, oh, the CISA was, was being used in scams so uh you know another another case of using government official government looking notifications to scare um people into paying up poning up and causing a lot of unnecessary um heartache i guess a lot of unnecessary stress for for the end users so ftc if you receive a, an ftc warning you know, contact your local FTC office and check in with them rather than pay up. Smith & Wesson website hacked to steal customer payment info. American gun manufacturer Smith & Wesson's online store has been compromised by attackers. 
who have injected a malicious script that attempts to steal customers' payment information. This is also on bleepingcomputer.com. This type of attack is called MageCart, and is and it is when hackers compromise a website so they can inject malicious JavaScript scripts into e-commerce or checkout pages. These scripts then steal payment information that is submitted by a customer by sending it to a remote site under the attacker's control. According to Sajin Securities' Will, Willem de Groot, a mage card group, has been registering domain names named after his company and utilizing his name as the domain contact. When searching this group and other sites that have been compromised, the group discovered that website for Smith & Wesser had been compromised sometime before Black Friday to include a similar script from this group. This time, though, the script injected into smithandwesson.com is coming from the URL live.securacdn.net slash storage slash mod rrnize.javascript as below as shown below. So there's an example of it here. The script is not easy to spot as it will load a non-malicious or malicious script depending on the visitor and the section of the site being visited. For the most of the site, the load JavaScript file looks like normal 11 kilobyte and non-malicious script. However, if you use a US-based IP address, non-Linux browsers, non on an AOS platform and at checkout page, the script being delivered changes from 11 kilobytes to 20 kilobytes and the image cart portion appended to the bottom of as shown below, which again another screenshot is on here. So again, if you're if you've shopped on Smith and Wesson's site recently, you're going to want to check that out. Make sure you have not been compromised. Um, Bleeping Computer did test and were was able to confirm the findings that this is in fact happening. So again, um, don't know if it's been patched, but if it has. Um, great if it hasn't be be weary on smith and wesson and really this time of the year you need to be be weary of it altogether be wary of online shopping altogether um avast and avg browser extensions spying on chrome and firefox users so uh this these so that last article was on bleeping new bleeping computer.com this is on the hacker news uh short story i'll keep it short for you essentially what is happening is avg and Avast are sending back full URLs uh, in an attempt to check that the URL is not a suspicious URL, not a compromised URL, and in doing so, sending all kinds of data to back to Avast and back to AVG. And of course, AVG, if I'm not mistaken, Avast owns AVG now. So rather than using um, blacklists on the local client or or uh, you know sending a hashed version of the URL they're sending the URL in clear back to Avast and having it uh, checked in there and see if it's suspicious compromised or something along those lines this is not uh, you know this is a privacy concern obviously obviously so in the in the interim, Mozilla has blocked the Avast browser plugin. I don't know if Google has done the same, um, but you know, if you're using Avast or AVG and you're using the browser plugin to check against uh, possibly corrupt or uh, malicious websites, you're going to want to disable that for the time being. If you're if privacy is a concern for you, which it should be, we we don't need third parties knowing where we browse to. 
So this is the user data that is being sent to Avast, the full URL of the page you're on, including query part and anchor data, a, new, a unique user identifier generated by the extension for tracking, page title, referral URL, how you landed on the page by entering, you know, if, for example, by entering the address directly using a bookmark or clicking a, clicking a link, a value that tells whether you visited the page before, your country code, browser name, and its exact version number, your operating system and its exact version number. So it's a lot of information to be passing along to Avast. And then finally, um, if you're a TikTok user, TikTok has come under fire as of late, like this time accused of secretly gathering user data and sending it to chi China. This is on CNET, but it's been reported on multiple websites. The proposed class action lawsuit alleges the app includes Chinese surveillance software. TikTok, known for its quirky 15-second videos, has been illegally and secretly harvesting vast amounts of personally identifiable user, user data and sending it to China, according to a proposed cla class action lawsuit filed in California federal court last week. The lawsuit also accuses the company and its Chinese parent company, ByteDance, of taking user content such as draft videos without their consent and having ambiguous privacy policies raises concerns that data gathered by TikTok could be used to identify, profile, and track users in the U.S. The company is benefiting from this alleged activity because it uses this data to sell targeted ads, the lawsuit alleges. Um, so this is something, if this is happening and it looks like it is, this is something that Copra would, would address. I mentioned Copra yesterday, and I'm going to talk more extensively about that in, in a future podcast and or blog post. Um, TikTok's lighthearted fun comes at a heavy cost, according to the lawsuit, which was filed on Friday. The allegations against the popular short video app are the latest example of growing security concerns around TikTok, which surpassed 1.5 billion downloads worldwide in November. The U.S. government is also reported looking into the app for potential security risks. Um, Misty Hong, a college student and resident at Palo Alto, California, is suing ByteDance, TikTok, and Musical.ly, a lip-sync app that was rebranded as TikTok, for allegedly violating a federal computer fraud law, the California Constitution's right to privacy, and other laws. TikTok videos often include close-ups of people's faces, allowing the company to gather biometric data on its users, according to the lawsuit. That's kind of scary because all of our smartphones use facial recognition, or a lot of them do now. Once a user shoots a video and clicks the next button, the videos are transferred to a various domains without their knowledge. This happens before users even save or post a video on the app lawsuit. Hong downloaded TikTok in March of or April of 2019, but never created an account. According to the lawsuit, months later, she discovered TikTok made one for her. She created five or six videos using the app, but never saved or published the video. Still, TikTok secretly took the videos and her data without her knowledge and sent the information to servers in China, according to the lawsuit. TikTok is gathering a trove of data about its users, including their phone and social network contacts, email addresses, IP addresses, location, and other information, according to the lawsuit. So, um, a interesting case. This is not the first time TikTok has come under the microscope. It'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. I personally do not use TikTok. I really don't have a reason to use it at this point. Not that I'm against social media. I, I absolutely do use social media. You know, Instagram, Facebook, and we all know that those platforms have also come under fire. I use Twitter as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this progresses uh, and what uh, what that means for TikTok going forward. It seems there is a generation of, of individuals not as concerned about privacy. So 
it'll be interesting to see what happens. That's going to do it for this Wednesday edition of the Cybersecurity Daily. Come back tomorrow, listen to another episode. Until then, stay safe. (laughs) 